When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 16 Magic Music Study I turned the back corner of Professor Stone's brownstone, sapphire right behind me. Thick weeds in the yard signal no gardener and presumes no backyard get-togethers. She grabs my arm. Her face is ashen. She stares at the ground. Leaves shift, and a skitter of scurrying feet draw my attention. It's just mice, and with all we've been through today, mice are going to freak you out? There's a hint of frustration and maybe even paranoia in my tone. She ignores both, inserts her key in the lock on a panel on the wall. Crows caw from above. Hoping to lighten the mood, I tap her shoulder and point up. Careful, our winged friends could know something. We'd be safe once we're inside. Again, she ignores my freestyle warning. She turns the key, and the panel slides up, revealing a hand-shaped outline on a rectangular piece of glass where she puts her hand. Welcome. Voice activation required says a hyper-nasal, annoying robotic female voice. Sapphire Anjou? Welcome, Professor Stone's assistant. The door makes an unlocking sound and opens. I follow her in, and the door clicks behind us. This is pretty elaborate security for a college professor. Professor Stone is more than just a college professor. I didn't say anything earlier because I'm sworn to secrecy. So now she has secrets to share? After the day we've had? Who exactly is Professor Stone, then? Not here. Her voice drops to a softer timbre, which I'm not buying. No one is around, and by her own admission, she's hiding something. Inside, there's a hallway with an elevator at the end. We walk to the doors. Sapphire presses her hand against another scanner in the wall and the doors slide open. Welcome, Miss Anju. Which floor, please? The same female AI voice. Magic music study, please? Thank you. Next stop, Professor Stone's magic music study. The elevator panel has more numbers than the building has floors. I stare out a small circular window, catch glimmers of each floor as we pass. I count four, or is it five floors when the elevator stops? Welcome to Professor Stone's Magic Music Study, says the robotic voice. The doors open. Crime scene tape blocks off portions of the study. Strewn across the floor is broken glass, a kicked-over piano bench, and an empty space for the piano. The French doors that open to the balcony are smashed in and half torn off their hinges. This place is a complete wreck. 
I picked my way between obvious police number placards on the floor leading out onto the balcony. Do you have a metallic taste in your mouth? My voice just above a whisper, and I'm not sure why. I smell a coppery odor, she whispers back. But right now, we need to search for Paganini's music, or clues to where it might be. I flip a light switch. Nothing happens. Lights aren't working. Sapphire ignores the light issue. The professor hid things in plain sight. She runs her hands along the edge of a box on a still upright table. Surprisingly, the box looks untouched. Click, whirl, click. The side of the box opens. Sapphire rummages in the box. Old parchment, small books, but no Lestrige music here. She puts aside the papers and books. Where else would your professor hide cheap music? She walks over to a floor-to-ceiling painting of 20 men playing violins captured in different positions. Who are the musicians? I ask. The most celebrated violinists of all time. She twists and turns an ornamental gold-leaf fixture on the frame. Sebastian Bach, in the middle of the painting, plays his violin. But this isn't a TV screen or monitor. How's the painting doing that? A warm twinge travels up my arms and legs. Blue light shines on the painting. It grows brighter, bluer, bathing all the musicians. They sway, change their positions. The light fades away. How is this happening? A tingly, quirky sensation ripples through me. I scan the painting side to side, top to bottom. I double-tap my finger to the canvas surface. That's real paint. How is this happening? I'm working on keeping the freaked-out pitch out of my voice. I activated the painting. Sapphire's tone is ordinary, plain, nothing like she's explaining a magical phenomenon. What the heck does that mean? Is this the magic part of the magic study? I step closer to inspect the figures playing on the canvas. I touch the canvas surface, feel the paint move beneath my fingertips. I point to sheet music in the painting. This looks to be the same music I caught outside Stone's brownstone, but somehow disappeared during our escape. That's Lestrige. Shame you couldn't hold on to it. Imagine if you still had it. Her voice holds an excited tone, but no remorse for what I might have lost. How much does Sapphire know? And how much is she holding back? She seems quite at home with moving paintings. I notice a small twinkle flash on another piece of sheet music in the painting. What about this one? I point. Twenty-four caprices? she says with no hint of surprise in her voice. Another piece of sheet music twinkles. And this one? Cantabile. Again, she speaks as if flashing sheet music in a painting isn't at all unusual. Then the musicians in the painting stop playing. A portion of the wall slides up, revealing a folded piece of paper. Sapphire snatches the paper, unfolds it. It's a note from Professor Stone. In his handwriting. I can't tell if she's surprised or expected this revelation. It says, The music shall reveal itself to the warrior bard, stock 
by the forever feasting beast, if their quest is worthy and the bard pure of heart. Why would the professor write such a bizarre note and hide it in the wall? The professor didn't tell me everything. Her gaze is fixed on me, as if I should know what the message means. My mind races. I grind my teeth back and forth over each other. A TV-type screen attached to the wall turns on, displays a flickering white screen, and Sapphire's phone buzzes. She pulls it from her pocket. I lean over and peer at her phone. The wall screen and her phone screen show the olive-suited fedora-wearing man and his two goons entering the brownstone's front door. How did they get past the police? The image changes and shows the men standing in front of the elevator doors. The doors open and they get in. The screen shows the light in the circular window as it descends. Why are they going down? Does Stone have a basement? But whatever, let's get out of here quick. I'm already moving. Sapphire grabs my arm, pulls me to the broken French doors. Professor Stone once showed me a quick escape. He said in case of an emergency. I think this is an emergency. The balcony? That didn't end well for the professor. Are there stairs? We aren't going on the balcony. She runs her hand along the side of another floor-to-ceiling painting to the left of the French doors. Click. The painting slides into the wall and leaves a dark, vacant space. Quick, inside and up. I peer in. A ladder extends from the darkness below, rises up into the darkness above. We need to get to the roof fast. Her frantic tone pushes past all my fears of dark, confined spaces, and I grab the first rung. Wanting to be over with this fast, I climb faster. Sapphire follows. Click. Instant darkness. I assume the painting slid back into place. Feeling the anxiety take hold, my hands sweat and slip. I grip tighter and scale each rung in less than a second until... Whack! I hit something hard with my head. Ugh! Pain shoots through me. Bright blasts of star-like light shoot in all parts of my vision. Did you find the level? She asks. Yes, my head found it. And ouch, thanks for the warning. I rub my bruised skull. Raise the level. I do, and bright sunlight and fresh air from the afternoon sky pours in. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 17 Roof Party